Bree Aletto, welcome to Preferred Return. This has been a long time coming. Uh, we've been heads down with, you know, some big news. We, we obviously announced it, but the reason this has been a long time coming is because we haven't, we haven't been on the podcast to talk about it because we've been heads down. So that's the point. Uh, a lot's happened since a year or so ago. Want to walk us through it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Do they know that we call you dubs? Can I call you dubs? I think that the, um, the worldwide audience of <laughs> listeners does know that I go by dubs and ought to feel free to call me dubs too. Okay, good. So when you write into the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Or when you tag me on social uh, media. Okay, well, dubs, you've obviously been a big part of this. But as you know, roughly about a year ago, we determined likely a good time to go back out to market. We had a lot of things we wanted to do. Our current sponsor, Bow River Capital, um, was an amazing sponsor. However, we also knew we wanted to likely do some things that they honestly hadn't done before with a portfolio company. Uh, And so we decided we were going to go back out to market and raise some additional capital to put on the balance sheet, which we were successful in doing. Uh, Roughly in July, we came down to a couple uh, potential sponsors. And sometimes I feel like a fangirl because I've been in the private equity backed software world for a long time. And Marlin Equity had circled the hoop a couple times. And so I'd always wanted to work with Marlin. They've done amazing things with executives, with companies, uh, and obviously just in the software market. And so that being said, uh, we ended up securing a relationship with Marlin. They took majority ownership of our business. And I always like to say, like, there's this amazing intersection when you know your company's got an amazing potential when you can, I I read it somewhere about the three C's and I've kind of injected my own um, C in there, but really the the compassion or care, as I had read, I think of it a little bit even further when I think about compassion, the capital element, which we secured, obviously, uh, first with Boat River and then with Marlin Equity. Uh, And then the last piece is really the clarity piece. And so those three C's and we were founded, you know, I don't know if you've had Kevin Kelly, our founder on the podcast yet, but we were really founded from a place of care and compassion. Uh, You can see on our website regarding the values. And it was a huge reason why I wanted to join Alvia is because it we live and breathe it every day. We care about people's development. We care about our customers, our community. Uh, you can see that if you work with us. So all that to say, uh, the intersection, like I said, of kind of that care and compassion mixed with capital. And then finally, the clarity piece. And so to your point, your original question, since July, late July, we've been really heads down with Marlin uh, and our partners and our board in general, just to figure out what does that mean for us? Like, what are the next few years, what are the next big things, the big boulders that we want to accomplish here at Alvia? And now that we have that, and we've got really a robust strategic plan and a lot of clarity around where's the market likely going, of course, there's plenty of uncertainty, uh, but where does Alvia want to go and how do we want to play in that market? So it's an exciting time. As you know, we've been very busy. We just finally did all the things that I'm sure a lot of the companies are doing right now, the company-wide kickoffs, the sales kickoffs. And now it's time to do the thing I like to do, which is, can I say, get some shit done? You can. In fact, I'm not, I'm still uncertain of what I said, but, um, Apple podcasts for one of the episodes did apply an explicit 
Mark on one of the episodes, and I still, to this day, I'm unsure what was said, whether I said it. Um, but and maybe it's more than one. It will be now, and that's um, just fine. You mentioned uh, or alluded to a little bit about your career. Maybe we should dig into that a little bit. Tell us kind of where you came from. How did you end up here? Great. I hope the listeners care. I'll try to keep it brief, but I came from an entrepreneurial family. My dad was, uh, my dad is actively starting and selling businesses left and right. And so I knew I wanted to do something obviously in the business world, uh, but wasn't necessarily sure what. Um, and so all that to say, went to college graduated, actually thought for a little while that I might go into broadcast journalism. So thank you for bringing microphones back into my life, Dubs. Uh, and and quickly realized that I didn't want to move to the middle of nowhere as a 22, 23-year-old. And thus looked at a couple of big cities and got landed a software job. It was actually in 2009, 2008, 2009, when really no one was hiring. And of course, my dad is pushing me out the door saying, we just paid for your education. Now you need to go make some money and landed on an, really an entry level job uh, in a software company that's in Denver. And so it comes full circle, as you'll see here in a little bit, but answering customer support calls. So had a little headset and definitely was having my fun in the in my 20s. And you, those were the days that you went into the office every single day. And I worked the 6am to the 3pm shift. So that was a little bit rough at the time. And I remember thinking, why am I in software? This isn't what I wanted to do. And I'd spend, you know, roughly the first hour of my job looking for other jobs. And then suddenly, six months later, so you, you get a promotion and then suddenly you've got this newfound confidence and, you know, fast forward, however, 13, 14 years later, I'm still in software and actually still in some way, shape or form working for the same CEO that I had that had initially taken a chance on me. Uh, and I will, you know, again, bring this full circle because now that I'm at Alvia, over the coming years, I spent a lot of time with different software companies, uh, private equity backed, taking them to market uh, and working with different private equity firms and, and just understanding how to grow a business. Uh, those were also some of the days where growth, you just grew at all costs and that was most important. And so it's been cool to see kind of the evolution of how we look at private equity firms and what makes them very valuable. And we're at a great place right now, in my opinion. And thus, uh, you know, here at Alvia now, we have the same type of customer support program where we invest in people, they can come in, this can be their first job, we'll take a chance on you. And then they're able to learn and grow through different departments in the business and really learn how to run a business. We talk about metrics all day long and we really try to get them to understand what is important in growing a sustainable business. So they're able, everybody in our company for that matter, is able to really get a good grasp of what it's like to be an entrepreneur, what it's like to care about the business, what it's like to be in all facets of the business and how you can build, again, really a, a market winning company. Thrilling to think about um, growing a bunch of mini Briolettos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's scary or good. Uh, I'm everyone's biggest cheerleader, and I do have to say, I think my favorite part of the job is getting that front row seat to people's development. And all of a sudden, you see someone that stands up in front of the company and does a presentation. This happened very recently for us and gives a presentation when you initially started with them, and they were, again, kind of the first 
first jobs, sometimes first interviews, you remember their voice shaking in their interview and all of a sudden they're up in front of a company or they're talking to a customer and you're able to see that growth. Uh, and again, you know, as the company grows, they should be growing too. And that's what makes it so amazing. Uh, feels like that's the first C you mentioned, compassion, care. I want to talk about that a, a minute because there's a couple things in there that, that uh, you mentioned. I think that's super important uh, for a listener, whether it, perhaps it's, you know, a, a prospective employee. I, you know, uh, always laugh when people come in, they're like, oh, you're the podcast guy. Um, as if, you know, it's a worldwide audience. Um, could be. Could be. Don't limit it, well, us. It is. I just, it makes me nervous to, to think about it that way. So uh, on tape, I pretend it's not. Um, uh, prospective customer, I think it's super important. Uh, and then, of course, there's co existing clients, customers that um, that hopefully listen. I think, you know, of those groups, there's one that clearly knows what, what makes this company special. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I've, I've heard a lot with, with the new employees that come in. And even in interviews for prospective customers, or sorry, employees, you know, what what's the culture like? And I think it's very difficult for people to, to appreciate that. But let's talk about that. You, you alluded to it. It starts with, you know, um, caring for our employees and, and really caring for our customers. Like what, what does the C really mean? Cause like w yeah. we're in an audio format. It's right. just right. a word being thrown out. Let's, let's unpack it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because I was actually on a, a webinar yesterday, uh, quick, quick plug, Marlon does a great job of keeping all of their portfolio companies ingrained and talking about industry and market trends, whether it's SaaS or whether it's our own market. But with that being said, they did an amazing podcast around centering around your customers and that the impact isn't really just supposed to be business impact. You really need to be thinking about what is the actual emotional impact that you might be making on a person that has sponsored you to their business. They've you know, gone to mark or I'm sorry, gone to bat for you essentially saying, I want to bring this software company into my business. And that's, there's a lot at stake there. And so and I think by way of showing our, our, our employees how much we care, it is easy to then see that impact go through into our customers. So we start, yes, with these, I say four walls. We actually are the, the, still in the old school world of people coming into the office, which is amazing. Uh, you can smell our office. It's, it's filled with cinnamon toast if you ever want to come in here. Uh, and we'll, we'll feed you on a CPW day, as we call it, Crock-Pot Wednesday, where everybody gets to sit around and eat lunch together. But, you know, I actually was talking to our CFO yesterday, and he said one of our core values might be trust and transparency. And it is trust and transparency. But it's not about there's a ping-pong table. We're a very Denver-based company. Ping-pong table, we've got brewery-named uh, conference rooms and garage doors that roll up so we can enjoy the sunshine here in Colorado. But the point is ping pong's not really a part of our culture and I'm quoting him here, but ping pong's not a part of our culture. It is the trust and transparency around. We all trust and appreciate that each other need to take a break every once in a while. And even if it's 2 PM in the afternoon, we trust that they're doing their job. And I think that was such an amazing way of putting it because it's so true. And when we talk about we over me as another one of our core values, it's not about, you know, yes, it's amazing to see, you know, 
somebody wants to go on vacation we cover each other for our customers or we cover each other on a on a prospect call but really it's also saying okay we're all in this together and there are dishes in the dishwasher and we're going to load the dishwasher because somebody else has a conference call and they can't load their dishes right now so it is amazing to see that all come to life it sounds cliche and cheesy and it's hard when I'm doing interviews as often as we are because we're growing to exemplify or to articulate that to a potential employee but it is it it can be all you know it can be cheesy as much as you want because my name is Bree so I like to be cheesy but it is true and I think that's the most important part of ensuring that as we grow the way that we want and scale that we keep that alive and thriving because it bleeds into our customers and how we treat our customers Mm. nailed it uh so the other two c's you mentioned uh, capital and clarity. That's really where we've been heads down on kind of laying out a strategic plan. Um, we, we don't have to get into the specifics of the capital one, but together those are, you know, sort of teed up for uh, what we're going to be doing. So it's, it's already March 2nd today. Um, don't remind me. Every day that passes, there's more we could have done, more we want to do. Yeah, but it's still, you know, uh, still early in the year. We've been hiring like crazy, which is awesome. You you alluded to that. Uh, Now we're ready to really hit it. Uh, Let's talk about, you know, what's going on. I mean, um, I'm super excited. Obviously been around for a while. Uh, Lots of new faces, a bunch of new executives that brought a ton of new energy. And really for the the first time in a long time, feels like, you know, a, a really clear... Uh, picture of kind of what we want to accomplish yeah great tee up I will say we'll start with the capital one because I do think it's important for those that know us we've been in business business since 2006 I haven't been here obviously since 2006 but we've been in business since 2006 and been and Kevin our founder was bootstrapping the business as you know you were here for some of it Debs and bootstrapped the business and did an amazing job of securing a some customers that are still with us today, which hopefully means we're doing the right things to make sure that those foundational elements that Kevin started the business on are still alive and thriving today. But with that being said, there does come to a point where you say, okay, there are some big things we want to do. And we saw obviously the market shifting towards the alternative asset space and it growing so much that, and I'm, you know, assuming here was uh, where Kevin was and said, okay, I think it's time for this company to continue to grow and to do the things that we want to do in this market. It's time to bring in outside capital to fuel the growth. And so that happened in actually May of 2020 uh, with Bow River Capital. As I mentioned, I had worked with Bow River before. So that's when I was brought in, which was an amazing time to be brought in because again, it's, it's fun when you've got fresh capital, fresh ideas and but you're also trying to keep in mind that this company has been in business a long time. So how do you keep the good things and make sure that you're expanding on those things and bring some new fresh ideas? And so that's also now happening again, now come 2022 when we secured our investment from Marlin Equity. Uh, To your point, Debs, we've brought in some great talent across the, the leadership team. We have some amazing things in place. We've got incredible customer relationships, an amazing employee base already. So how do we build on the foundational elements that have made us successful? and then continue on through uh, capitalizing on our our market momentum. And so that was a huge piece of spending a lot of time going through 
you know, honestly, Marlin's due diligence materials, what are the things that they learned, what makes them have conviction in this space, and ensuring that we were aligned on what we're going to be doing over the coming years. And so super excited about many elements in the business. Yes, it's about bringing on new talent, new ideas, all those things. But as I mentioned before, it's also about keeping the, the core elements in place and then bringing, you know, again, new products, new ideas to market. How can we continue to be seen as really the, the thought leader in this market? We've got hundreds of customer relationships. They are our biggest cheerleaders in the market, as with many companies that have strong NPS scores, strong retention rates. We know that if we can capitalize on our customer relationships, it's going to help continue to fuel our growth. And so it leads all the way back to the conversation around that care around our customer. So what are the things that we need to be doing to fuel those relationships with our customers? And it will inevitably fuel the other side of the growth related to new logos and bringing in additional new customers as well. So that's a big, those are big elements around what we plan to do with the capital. Uh, and again, the clarity piece around driving a strategy that really supports where this market is going. Uh, and we can get into that, but I know you've probably had plenty of, of folks on this podcast that have talked about that as well. Well, no, look, look maybe fewer than you think. Uh, so I do want to get into it a little bit, but um, I guess generally I'd, I'd love to just talk about like what it means, right? So um, you mentioned we're, we're back in the office. There is a lovely smell of um, cinnamon toast today. I love it. Makes uh, us feel at home. It, it, did your elementary school have cinnamon toast in the mornings? It, I, it's very nostalgic kind of thing. My, right? I mean, my mom made cinnamon toast every single morning. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so very nostalgic. Back um, at home. But there's a bunch of people. I mean, there was the office was packed yesterday. Love it. Uh, and so I guess that's like almost this poster child of what you implied before or mentioned. Uh, things are kind of getting back to normal, which means people are traveling, you know, again, um, what, what's coming this year? Like what just generally what, what's kind of new now that we're a little bit less heads down than we have been on the last six to nine months. And we're, we're going to be getting out on the road, seeing folks, attending events and stuff. So, um, let's talk about that a little bit and then, mm -hmm. you know, we can come back to a little bit of the kind of strategic vision stuff. Sure. Well, this year is a big year for us. As you're alluding to, we've got countless events. We're going to be out meeting with customers. Uh, we've allocated or assigned all of our top executives to every single customer account to make sure that we're out there talking to customers, meeting with people, getting in the field. Finally, you know, again, as you've mentioned, we're finally able to do that again. And as I was just saying, customer relationships are are pivotal to our continued growth and our continued success. Uh, and we learn a lot from our customers. That's the best part. You know, I, I mentioned the due diligence elements, but our customers gave countless interviews to these potential sponsors of ours. We were able to read all the things that they have to say, which is amazing fuel into how we think about what our product strategy needs to look like going forward and how we continue again to capitalize on great, amazing customer relationships that we, we currently have and want to continue to grow. So we'll be on the road lots. We'll be also working lots on, on product. Uh, we're seeing, as many of you are out there, seeing that it is the main focus on the LP as more and more competition continues to enter the market for LP commitments. It's funny, my husband, as you know, is also in private equity, so I feel like I live and breathe this private equity world. It's uh, talked about plenty over the dinner table. 
uh, you all can <laughs> can only imagine, you know, the conversations around dry powder and all the the typical terms that you can um, that are a part of our everyday life. I think our kids at 11 years old uh, now know more about private equity than many other kids out there. But with that being said, you know, the the competitive nature right now for gaining LP commitments for the good deals that are actually in market right now there are things that we can be doing to support our customers and to be supporting others in the market there to really be differentiated and help them differentiate as a firm and make sure that we're supporting their relationships with their own customers. So it bleeds down this theme of the customer, the theme of care and compassion. It bleeds all the way down into our customer's customer. And that I think is the overarching theme that we you will see from Alvia, whether it's through our product, through things that we're doing with our customer relationships, us being on the road, our podcasts, our you know marketing materials. It's all going to be how can we support our customer's customer because we know they care about that and that and thus to bring it full circle, it, it's what we care about as well. I uh, did a webinar a couple of days ago and for the first time I heard somebody else preempt this idea of we're in the business of providing customer service to our customer's customer. And cause I've been using those terms for a while and you know, I me, mean, I like to be a little provocative sometimes. I know it makes people uncomfortable to kind of think about it that way. Uh, it's the, our customers investor, uh, more formally, but it's really just a customer service game. So I was, um, I love using those terms obviously, but for the first time, just the other day, live in front of a worldwide audience. Did you feel so vindicated? I did. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, it makes me happy. You can see physically right now the smile on my face. Um, what What is it? So, you you know, you, you talk about dry powder at the dinner table. Interesting. Um, <laughs> just, some, your, just some light dinner conversation with, with our kiddos. Sure. Uh, what keeps you comfortable? coming in waking up in the morning like what you, you mentioned you know the the background several software businesses what what's the one thing that kind of keeps you coming in like you get to talk private equity all the time uh wake up in the morning like it'd be one thing if you talked about like um you know soccer and video games and stuff at the dinner table then you you might wake up in the morning and be like "Ooh, i get to go talk about private equity now all fair questions. I maybe don't wake up like stoked to talk private equity. I do wake up stoked about the fact that our there is a huge need in our market based on, again, as we're talking about the competitiveness out there for LP commitments and how much harder it's getting for the private equity and venture capital space. And so I do wake up knowing that we are we are going to continue to help companies do that. Right. So that, of course, anybody wants to make sure they've got product market fit when they're working for a company. And that gets me fueled. More importantly, that also lends itself to the fact that we have a place that is supporting them in doing that. 
and then thus supporting those employees. So it's like this big round circle, as we were just talking about, is, you know, you care about your employees, and thus they care about their customers, and thus their customer cares about their customer. It's It goes all the way downstream, right? I know that we've got product market fit. I know that we've got an industry supporting us that it needs our software, and that fuels the growth of our company, which then fuels the employees and how they're growing their careers. And so it's, it's really this amazing cycle uh, and caring about all those things along the journey, whether it's your employee's journey, your customer journey, uh, the product journey, and how it's being used across the industry. I care about all three of those. And so seeing those three come together is really meaningful. And again, it, it, it's what fuels me and makes me excited. Unfortunately, I've been at companies where some of those things are missing or some of those things aren't as strong. So as an example, a company with not as great of a culture is a lot harder to turn around and figure out how do you get people fueled and excited about coming into work. You have a company where maybe there isn't great product market fit and you're just desperate to create a product that's going to solve for things and it takes some time. Or you have a customer base that maybe isn't feeling and seeing the value that your product and your people are providing and you maybe don't have great retention rates. Uh, and your customers are not out there singing your praises. When you're able to capitalize on all three of those things, that's exciting. And that's what's going to continue to fuel what we're doing for customers, what we're doing to the market, and what we're doing for our active employees today. Mm. That is a soundbite, hey. if I've ever heard one. Uh, there's this common uh, and, I think, very smart idea of podcasts where you, you know, the sort of intro hook, I think, that one that might be it yeah we don't always have one but that one could be it uh okay we, we've talked a lot about all the hiring and stuff i mean i you know uh you've heard me say this to people i you know and sometimes it makes me emotional like i i think back to early days and uh you know we we joked about this but there's a certain element of it that was very serious which was like man, like, you know, how are we going to convince people to come work here? Um, and now, these days, I just find myself uh, in awe at the sort of talent that we're able to bring in here. And it makes me emotional a lot of times. I, I was talking with a candidate yesterday and got a little emotional about it. Just, you know, in the moment being like, wow, this is amazing that we're able to attract candidates like that. Uh, well, and kudos to you who's been here 11 years in being a big part of that culture. When I talk about, I inherited some of those things related to the culture, the product market fit and where we sit in the industry today. And I'm grateful and I'm very serious and committed to keeping those things in place as we continue to grow. Oh, love it. What, what is it you think that some of these folks, you know, we, we've, we've got a, a bunch of new executives that that really that's kind of what I'm blown away by. So I asked you the question, kind of what keeps you, you know, coming in in the morning despite talking over private equity at dinner the night before. What is it you think attracts those folks? You know, like they have to come in every every day too, right? But that's not the question I'm asking. Like, mm -hmm. what was it that, to my point earlier, I mean, there's something that for this this level of talent that in this caliber that we're now working in mm -hmm. something that you know this is serious these people are like you know considering big career moves and um you know have families all those things like what is it, 
if you had to put words in their mouth, I mean, you're the one that's that's spending the most time recruiting them. What do you think they would say? I don't want to sound like a broken record, so I'm going to try to, I'll try to switch it up a little because I do think all of those things that I just mentioned, you know, a great, strong customer base, great product market fit, great product, great culture, but those things don't happen overnight to your credit. Uh, And I was just, again, listening to something that said, you know, if your employees are, you know, you're not in the right job when you are dreading work on Sunday. And so I take that to heart and think about it very seriously and making sure that we continue to provide the things that get people excited to come in to work. Uh, And I do think that the care piece is huge. And I think the clarity piece is huge. And honestly, the capital piece, right? All three of those things need to be strong to make somebody feel valued and for them to bring value to work. So the care piece and thinking about all of our values, making sure that they feel supported, that they have the opportunity to be ambitious and evolving another one of our core values, that they're trusted, that we're transparent from top down. I mean, when we went to market last year, we told them everything that was going on because to me, that's pivotal. If we expect them to, you know, trust us that we're making the right decision, we needed to be very transparent. And so trust and transparency, we over me, as I've mentioned before, the ambitious and evolving and feeling like they have opportunities to grow and develop their career, to get access to in Marlin equity. Obviously we're in the private equity venture capital space. So there are countless customers that they're also learning from on an everyday basis and how they operate their own portfolio companies. So I think it is really that opportunity. Uh, There will always be a capital piece, but I always say we're never going to be necessarily the highest paying employer out there. So you have to look at the full package by way of where you're going to work. Do you like the people that you work with? Are you doing great things? Are you able to give back to your community? We have, we're a B Corp and that's important to us. We dedicate time to giving back to our to our community so I think it is again kind of the capital the care and then it is the clarity as I mentioned the transparency piece and I think really knowing what we're doing to feel like you've got a hand in something you know of course people will peg the Gen Zers as wanting to have more meaning in their careers but I really think it's it's true across any generation that you get to a place where you want to find meaning in what you're doing. Uh, Why are we here otherwise? And so it is being able to see that we make an impact on our customers, that we're making an impact on the community and the industry. And we spent a lot of time last year making sure that we did uh, basically exposés or however you want to, that might even be the wrong word. You'll come to learn if you get to know me at all that I'm not I'm not great with words, Um, but with that being said, we did kind of highlights of customers and things that they were doing with their portfolio companies to really help the world, to help whatever it might be, whether it's ESG initiatives, whether it's, you know, again, my husband, for example, he sits on the kinder care board. And when everything was going on with COVID and a lot of the teachers were put out, they were, you know, you have all these grown men sitting around on a, on a board in tears like how do we support these teachers and being able to use capital to support them and and help them through that process like there are things that people don't see that are amazing in this world it's not just about you know making a return like there are great things that are are able to be done and so I think providing that clarity and that visibility with our with our employees that yes you're you're helping customers you're helping the industry and then you're helping each other like you're you know some of these executives that come in I make sure that every single one of them 
cares about the development of their employees. Yes, we have to hit numbers, but to hit numbers, that means that your people are doing things they've maybe never done before and you're growing them and pushing them to limits that they'll look back and say, which anybody that knows me has heard me say this many times, that I want anybody that's worked with me to hopefully look back and be able to point on their resume. That was killer. That was amazing. I learned so much. I did things again I've never done before. And I'm so proud of that company and that time that I spent there. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, the the meaning thing, it's interesting. I was just thinking as you were saying that. Uh, well, first off, one thing that, that I found myself saying yesterday on the meeting, I was telling um, some, fo- some new folks that I spent some time with, uh, just anecdotally how, you remember the... Um, our response to COVID emails that, that the whole world oh, yeah. sent, you oh, know, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was, that was a real moment. I, that, like the, the world really had a moment when everybody just felt the need to send that. And, and your inbox filled up with like the same, the, the, the same exact message for the most part. Right. And it was like, Oh, that uh, online shoe vendor that I bought shoes from like 15 years ago and haven't heard from like, thank you so much for that. <laughs> I was really wondering how you were going to uh, respond. I feel like to I blocked that time out a little bit. Feels like forever ago, and yet also feels like yesterday. Yeah, it does. Uh, one of the really cool things I was telling these new employees that uh, about that time was that um, we, as people were sending that those emails, and you know, we got together as a management team, and we're sort of, you know, what what do our customers need to know and what do our employees need to know? And, you know, do kind of really put yourself back at that time. It was weird time, a little little freaky. And so one of the things that we decided was that we ought to look through our customers, you know, portfolios. And I bet there's companies that are already like three, four weeks into COVID working on vaccines and sure enough with very limited information that we were going off of, I think we found like 10 or 12 companies within just our customers' portfolios that were already working on COVID vaccines. And um, of course that was probably more like 50, right? Just because the information we had was pretty limited. And so that was this really cool moment, um, you know, for us for the employees and stuff to kind of really find meaning in uh what it is we're doing of course we're not like making those investments uh we're helping them find those investments we're helping them understand what's going on at those companies we're helping tell that story to uh their lps and their investors um but i but i was thinking as you were talking about meaning you know that like i think if we went to the wall street journal or to forbes something and searched meaning you'd find like 150 articles that are like, you know, or Harvard uh, Business Review, right? Like how to, you know, it's this big problem that many companies have is helping their companies find meaning. And, you know, that that sort of COVID moment was one way I think ours did. But, you know, I was thinking meaning is something that the employees have to sort of like go get or go find and, and you have to help like lead them to it. But I wonder if inspired is mm. not the thing because inspired is like something that is done to them. Mm-hmm. Like if you can sort of get them inspired. To feel inspired. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Did we just come through like maybe the 
Harvard Business Review is listening, and we just came <laughs> up with a major breakthrough. We'll come on your podcast to Harvard Business Review. Yes, come on, come on, come on, ours, write an article. No, I, I mean, I think that is a great way of putting it, and you're right. Like we can't. Many companies must have a hard time figuring out how do you create meaning for someone, or how do how do you get them to feel meaning in this role? I mean, even when I first started, you know, at 22, 23 years old, I'm like, I'm working for a software company. How cool slash unmeaningful is that? Uncool slash unmeaningful is that? You know, and you're kind of rolling your eyes a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you start to really just tune in and pay attention, and there are things all around you. You know, again, I'm going to get cliche here, but the same person that, you know, gets up in front of the company that maybe, you know, had started out as a shaky voiced interviewee one day is also now getting married and, you know, making is managing people and making an impact on people underneath him. And you find, I find meaning in that. Like, that's amazing that I got to sit and watch that and watch that growth in someone. And it is true. I mean, you could feel meaning inspired however you want to articulate it uh, but if you look most companies in some way shape or form if you're really paying attention are making a difference whether it's just on the employees around in their company or it's actually making a difference and to your point we might not be making the actual investments but seeing what our customers are able to do with their investments is pretty incredible and making sure that our our employees are seeing that versus just thinking we're just providing software it's like no we're solving for problems and we're helping them do their jobs better and thus are providing better customer service to your point to the lps so that they can see you know if i'm an lp and i really care about you know very diverse portfolio of course i want to see how those things are doing so i can make sure that again if esg is something super important to me or women-backed businesses or whatever it might be shout out to women-backed businesses um, but you know that we're able to help all the way along that stream of capital, help them do their jobs better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, it, it. I think it's a full-on breakthrough. Um, meaning uh, or inspired is the new meaning. You heard it here. Um, no, but I do. I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, um, companies maybe are, are sort of struggling to lead the, their employees to find meaning. It's like, here's meaning, here's meaning, you know, grab onto something. And I think maybe what we've had. Can I flip the script here? Yeah. What inspires you? Well, so there's a couple things. Because nobody ever asks you as the interviewer. No, I know. This actually the, this is, my, the seat just got so hot. Uh, thank you for coming on and asking me questions. But it, as it turns out, when I'm asking the questions, <laughs> I'm, we're already talking about these things. It, I still feel, um, you know, this sort of uh, unfinished business about providing LPs with an experience that, you know, I, I felt was missing in this market way before it was appropriate to even suggest that. But, you know, going back now, 15, 16 years. Um, and, you know, it, it, that's just this thing. I just, it's like personal to me. I feel like it's, uh, you're actually delivering on that. We haven't fully done it yet. We've, we've done a lot of it, but it's also this moving target. And that's what, you know, um, keeps going. But, but the simple thought in that is that like, if 
we are able to have even a small part of creating better, more meaningful relationships between GPs and LPs. Like that's this small part of helping capitalism like do its thing and, and let capital flow. So telling stories to LPs about, hey, you know, we're a sort of leading edge Silicon Valley healthcare investor. We already have a company working on COVID. Telling that story to like a, um, you know, a leading institutional LP that's ESG, you know, whatever, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. just so much meaning and inspiration in that. And, you know, for the for the better part of my career, what I've seen out of this market is that those, you know, those stories aren't being told. And, and I think that when they're not, then there's, um, the capital is not probably as flowing as efficiently. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of lost inspiration and, and meaning in that. But but really a big part of it, too, these days is kind of what we talked about before, which is just seeing the caliber and the level of folks that are coming to work here. And, you know, again, getting pretty emotional of, of like, wow, it's amazing that y'all would come, you know, and and like put your family, you know, your career, all these things like uh, these are not easy decisions that, that you make for, for people of this level. And to think that they'd come, you know, uh, on the faith that like the products that I had a central role in creating um, are worth, you know, that risk and stuff. It's it's very inspiring. Uh, and Humbling, I'm sure. For sure. No question. Um, we get to see it, you know, these days and, and each like, you know, uh, the last couple of years, it just kind of keeps escalating. And now I think, you know, we're we have more employees than we ever have. Um, the level is high, the highest it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And then that will like keep happening, you know. And what do you feel now that you know, and I'm being a little bit uh, coy, maybe is the wrong word, but I'm going to use it anyway, about the plans, who knows who might be listening, about our big plans for the product and how we go on supporting that GPLP relationship. How are you feeling about what our next 12 to 36 months might look like to support that it, it's thrilling um it's inspiring great word yeah how about that um and i mean that you know like that's a sort of easy answer especially based on the conversation we've just had but um it's things you've wanted to do for a long time yeah for sure and and here's here's what i'll tell you is that like you know, coming from the sort of origins that we have, there was there's a lot of things that I think about and a lot of situations I find myself in where the grounding or the default sort of like thought and context that I come with is like, oh, we couldn't do that, mm -hmm. you know, because yes. it's like, it, it, which is so limiting, right? right? And so right. it's been this sort of, you know, paradox or dichotomy of like, wanting to be ambitious with this big vision that we've had for a long time and yet also being realistic about like, oh, we don't, you know, we just don't have the resources to do that. And now it's like, a, you know, that that's that's really now this sort of next chapter is like, mm -hmm. you know, some of the, the folks that we've got here now. And um, and so I find myself, yeah, like in, inspired by that. And, and one of the things that I kind of consistently have to stop and 
like really appreciate is like there's so many people helping now you know and that's awesome and so it it's one big learning for me you know it's like it if you said like how do you kind of go from zero to you know five call it in in ARR it's like uh you know you gotta be really scrappy Mm -hmm. and and you gotta like it's a very different thing and now you know you're sort of having to learn like no there are like you know people that that you can bring in and specialize and you really have to start pointing people in like the direction where they you know can uh be successful and you don't have to do it alone and not to bring it again full circle but exactly to what you're saying is you know you started out with so much care around this market and conviction i guess that maybe that would be another good c to bring into the mix but without to your point around like you know we could never do that without the capital and let's say the clarity around having other voices in the room and really having you know it's a big risk when you're a bootstrapped business to you know put a stake in the ground and say this is where we're heading but now when you've got other people around the table again you've got you know a partner that's doing due diligence and making sure that we've analyzed the industry and all those those types of things now it it feels so much more tangible to actually be able to to do the things that you've wanted to do where you've got again those three c's the care and the capital and the clarity that i think it's time it's time we go run absolutely and i'm gonna um close us out with one more open invitation to a big media outlet because on that note uh it was about 2016 and i i found myself telling the story a couple times lately too on the same topic uh it's about 2016 and i ended up um in a interview with a wall street journal reporter who shall remain unnamed but if you're out there this is an open invitation to come on the podcast Uh, And it was just as we were about to launch like interactive self-service, like data visualization inside of our portal product. And, um, you know, the the topic was was clearly interesting enough to have this conversation. Of course, nothing like came out of nothing got published. But, you know, I actually laid awake all night the night before the interview. And just I was just like, this person's just going to laugh at me. This sounds ridiculous that like my position is that it is inevitable that this is the future and so now you know 2023 sit here and now we you know we're talking about not only do we not not only do we actually have that we deliver on it but like it's very you know mainstream at this point and it just wasn't you know that was not something that that anybody um had seen and if if not the poster child for that like this reporter just being like Okay, yeah, I mean, You're cool. cute. Yeah, right, right. Anyway, good good chat. I'll let you know if anything comes of this and, you know, both knowing that nothing would. But uh, super exciting times, very inspiring. And now that that's mainstream, I mean, that you know, that's what really starts to get exciting is it's not like that was this spot we just needed to arrive at. I mean, that was like the target. Turns out the target's always moving. And so the, I'm very inspired by, you know, the folks that we've got, the vision we've got, the resources we have to go after the target having moved from that. And, um, and so that's what inspires me. Very cool. Well, thank you for having me. 
this will hopefully also be a plug for anyone that's listening. We would welcome you as future guests, either of the podcast, but more importantly, of our office. We will serve you cinnamon toast, and you will get to meet some of our amazing employees that uh, maybe are now getting married, doing presenting in front of the business, all the things that I just mentioned. Playing ping pong. Playing ping pong. Ping pong players. Playing ping pong. We would love to host you for a ping pong match. All right. Hey, thank you so much. I know you're a very busy woman. Uh, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to to join me. I mentioned it's a long time coming. I feel so grateful you finally have. Uh, But thanks for everything you bring. Thanks for inspiring me, for inspiring all these folks. And uh, yeah, looking forward to continuing to get after it. Thank you.